episode 351, Loki, season one, episode six, for all time, always. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe the Disney Plus TV shows, the movies, the old stuff, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which just might matter now again as much <laughs> as it ever did. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, one of three hosts who are here to talk about the season finale, definitely season finale, not series. There's no question about that of Loki. Over there, we got Samantha. Hello. And over there, we got Stuart. Hello. And... Together, we form Voltron, the Voltron of podcasting, or something like that. So, Samantha, Stuart, it is the season finale, and we know it's the season finale because there was a tag, not a tag scene, but almost literally a tag with words on it that says Loki will return in season two. Which is kind of a cool callback. I mean, because the, you know, Iron Man will return in Iron Man 2 happened a whole bunch. Captain America will return in the Avengers. I mean, that was all through all of the Infinity Saga. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, they even did it up through Spider-Man, too, I believe. Whereas, like, Spider-Man will return. They didn't necessarily say in what. Did they do that for... Yeah, they did that at the end of, of Black Widow. Did they? I think so. Or maybe they didn't have to because of that after credit scene was very obvious. Yeah, I, I think that they did that um just the after credit scene. Okay. Did you know, by the way, the uh James Bond, they used to do that. The James Bond will return. And huh. and one of them, I'm trying to remember which one it was, where they said James Bond will return in for your eyes only, I think it was. So it was The Spy Who Loved Me was the movie. And they said, James, I'll return in For Your Eyes Only. But then because of the Star Wars craze, they went with Moonraker instead. And huh. so that actually, that end credit that they did was was incorrect. Which is a nice little little bit of trivia. But Did they go back and change it? No, they didn't. It's 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 still there. And it's wrong. And so is Moonraker supposed to be called For Your Eyes Only or something like that? No, they, they switched the whole movie. Oh, they scrapped it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, and then For Your Eyes Only is a later movie, but I've never really been into James Bond because I've never really liked the character. And now people understand why I don't like the character. Because well, he's awful. <laughs> no, and it's something that kind of ha happened over time for me where I was like, wait a minute, when I was in high school, I really liked these movies. Why? And... I just, I don't anymore, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but Moonraker is one of the best and actually, um, was referenced in Black Widow. That was the James Bond movie that she was watching in her trailer oh. when the power went out. 
So, and it's one of the best because it's one of the funniest and kitschiest, kitschiest, kitschy, kitschiest, like kitchen, but without the E-N. So I'm glad that we were able to bring it back into the MCU though, because of Black Widow watching it, but we need to talk about Loki. Yes. Glad to see that we're getting a season two, especially considering (laughs) season one ends on pretty enormous cliffhanger. Yes. I think we should get talking. So um, here's my plot synopsis of Loki, episode six, for all time, always. Loki and Sylvie find he, he, what's, what's, what do they call him? He who remains. He who remains. He who remains. And they sit at a table and they talk. And then Sylvie kills him. And the timelines get changed. That's that's the plot synopsis. <laughs> well, that's plot A. You yeah, yeah. Plot there, there's more going on. Uh, yeah, we also have Mobius uh, confronts um, Renslayer, and and they they sit in her office and and talk by a desk. This is one of the most talky talky episodes. Of MCU TV, I think I've ever seen. Well, let's yeah. let's let's just put it out there. I think this is one of the most talky talky shows we have in the MCU. I mean, there is so much talky talky, and this episode at some points felt like, "Hey, we're going to be doing some weird things in the MCU in the movies, and so we're going to explain it to you." But like any good teacher who's explaining something, we're going to, we're going to make it interesting, you know? So while we're explaining things to you, we're going to have, you know, wacky characters and some, some sword fights here and there. And, and it's going to make the explanation go down a little better. It's a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down so that when you watch Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, you know what's going on because we took a half hour to explain it to you and Loki. And I'm being a little snarky because don't get me wrong. I loved the explanations both times I watched the show. I was so drawn into it. So I'm being a little snarky. Yes. We're being a little sarcastic, making fun of them talking around tables, but is this like when the teacher in the, your history teacher comes in and he's dressed up like Abraham Lincoln and he's like, I want to talk about the civil war and he recites the Gettysburg address or something. My, my history teacher was a civil war reenactor. (laughs) Oh, cool. <laughs> he was. So is it like that? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Almost exactly like that. Yeah. Um, fun fact, he, he actually believed in ghosts on the battlefield because he experienced some things that he just couldn't explain while he was at some actual battlefields to do some reenacting. Yeah, there's there's actually whole books based just about encounters of ghosts on battlefields. Um, I have one for Gettysburg. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. but back but to the think, show. <laughs> speaking of things stuck in time. Um, I don't the, think any of those things are MCU, by the way. Just saying. Uh, well, it's just the first time I watched Civil this. Civil War is MCU. Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, my heavens. <laughs> yeah. The first time I watched this episode was at 3.30 a.m. on Wednesday. And it's not that I got up for it. It's just I heard a noise and I thought maybe my dog was trying to get outside. And I 
and she wasn't. I got back to bed and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's on. Oh, it's on. And then I watched it and I was half awake through most of it. And I'm pretty sure on my first watch, I fell asleep during the last scene because I remember some really crazy things that that I thought happened in this episode. But no, I was dreaming. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've some of my most interesting lucid dreams have happened while I was watching TV. So that's I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. And I was also pro- surprised by the ending scene the second time I watched this episode. So, yeah, I fell asleep towards the end. I, I was legit surprised that not a lot happened in this episode. Like it's a, it's very heavy on the talkie. It's not so heavy on the plotty. Yeah, and we found out why about two hours ago. Because they were trying, with the editing, they were trying to stretch it out to fill a certain time space. Really? Yeah. Do you think that's why? Yeah, that's why it feels so slow in this episode. Because I was watching it, I was like, they could really cut out a few seconds here and there and make it feel a little bit faster pace. Are are you talking about the uh, the sinking... Yes. Things. You're not talking about that they needed to pad it out to get 45 minutes for the episode to be 45 minutes. You're talking about this article that Stuart found. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that. so so in this let's article, talk about it. Yeah. 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 In this article, it says, um, it, and it has a basically it shows a side by side comparison of the end of WandaVision and the end of Loki, and it sinks. It, it syncs them up so that when he who remains is talking, he actually says some things that in sync with WandaVision makes a lot of sense. And I think we have that video and we'll post it in the, the show notes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's from, really from the article, from the article yeah. it says um, the moment that Wanda becomes Scarlet Witch he who remains says to the two Loki variants, we just crossed the threshold. And that happens at 27 minutes and 55 seconds in both episodes. And then there's also a roll of thunder. And at 28 minutes and 14 seconds, he who remains drops the thing on his desk. And that's when, um, uh, Agatha falls to the ground. So he drops the thing and she falls to the ground at the same time. Now, and both shows at the same time, at the exact same time, have this roll of thunder, and it's the same sound effect. Okay, so that's what I'm not sure if if that was in both of the sound mixes or if that was just in one sound mix because of the the video was playing both at the same time. And it's in actually, both. Is it okay? Mm-hmm. If if the thunder is there, then I'll definitely give it that they did that on purpose. But it's also like if you've ever watched The Wizard of Oz and played Dark Side of the Moon the Pink Floyd album and it syncs up so well. Um, it was never meant to, it just, your mind lets it sync up. And it's like the dancing baby and the dancing Spider-Man from 20 years ago, where you could put any, <laughs> any music behind that. And it looks like the, the baby is dancing to that beat because what? your mind naturally, well, come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. What from Ally McBeal. Is that baby dancing to? I don't remember. Oh, ooga chaka, ooga chaka, oh, yeah. ooga oh. chaka. Which that baby was is Star Lord. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say which <laughs> that song was on the soundtrack for um, 
Uh, oh, which call it? I have <laughs> that soundtrack. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, There's thank you. There's somebody yelling at their their iPod right now. And yes. that child okay. grew up to be Star Lord. Star Lord. And now you know <laughs> the rest of rest the story. Of the... Aww. <laughs> Aww. Paul Harvey. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> I used to love it when we would catch him on the radio because it was always, we never listened to it on purpose. It was just if we happened to be in the car with the right station mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, hey, it's him. And it's so exciting. Yeah. 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 When I, yeah. I remember hearing a lot of his, those um, tapes when my dad worked at the radio station. And he would, and it was always like an hour after we get out of school. And we'd be at the radio station with them. So we'd sit there and quietly in the control room and listen to Paul Harvey tell his stories. And it was fantastic. So the question, Samantha, that I have for you is not about Paul Harvey, but about this this article. Oh. Did you watch both clips uh, separate from from each other? No. Okay. Because for some odd reason, because, because of film school, I am very tuned into the soundtrack. So you just remembered and it or I just remembered it. Yes. Okay. I'm, I, I do want to watch and see like how, how it works out. If, if the thunder is there, like you just said, though, this is definitely something they did on purpose. Um, and the, there's parts about this that I'm just thinking, well, it doesn't necessarily work for me because they're not happening at the same time because Wanda vision is happening in present day and this stuff that they're doing is happening at the end of time. Yeah, but there's also that he who remains is outside of time and outside of yeah. timeline. Is he? And there's I, string theory. I, I don't I don't think that he is though. I think that he There are two Loki's sitting in front of him. But they are they're <laughs> at the end of time though. This is Yeah quote but... unquote. But if you go off of that asteroid the timeline is this huge loop around it. It's true. It's it's a physical loop. It's a it's yeah. a ring around it. Yeah. This is very t- wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah, and very Doctor Who. So people who are not Patreon patrons don't didn't hear our conversation before we started recording where we were talking about the time uh, tomorrow tomorrow war. Um, the time traveling in that does not work, and. They have this thing where it's kind of linked up, though, where the past and the future, they have a bridge between the two and time moves that bridge along at the same rate. So if you go into the past from the future and then you're you're there for 30 minutes and you go back to the future, you're going to arrive 30 minutes after you left as because that moves along um, both both anchor points move with each other. That could be kind of the kind of things going on here. I the thing here is what's nice is it's metaphorical. You know, they're sitting in a room on an asteroid with a ring around them. That's the timeline. And it's all visual representations that and maybe maybe he who remains created all that. I don't I don't know. I don't know. So here's my question about that. Like, it's cool and all. But what does it mean? And I think the answer was going to be in Doctor Who in the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, Doctor Strange to the multiverse. <laughs> there is a Doctor Who element to this show, though. Um, uh, here's what yes, I find interesting so. <laughs> about this whole, well, series, really. This whole time they've been talking about how we have one sacred timeline. 
and we can't let it branch off. We have to stop the branches. So there's not going to be a multiverse, but here he who remains says it's an isolated timeline. And so my question has been answered about where are these other Lokis coming from? And it does seem like they are, you know, coming from other, other timelines that are out there. And that this sacred timeline, our MCU, our cinematic timeline, our prime MCU timeline is this timeline that is isolated from the multiverse. Again, they haven't said it outright. The things that I just said are, are conjecture on my part, but I do feel like they're coming closer to give me some of the answers that I'm hoping for. Such which as is the Nexus being. Yeah. Yeah. Or which is, you know, the uh, agents of shield and the Netflix stuff are connected in this timeline. Right. Yeah. So I, I've been working on an article for our website. I don't do a lot of articles for our website and I don't know how many people actually even see the articles from our website and the articles on our website inevitably get talked about on the podcast anyway. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk about it here, but this episode of Loki in some ways kind of brings agents of shield back into the fold in ways that we were kind of hoping for or expecting once we knew that we have multiverse coming in the cinematic universe, we already had a multiverse in agents of shield. And so here's, here's what I'm thinking is going on in my head canon that fits with what they've shown us on screen. Cause that's the important part. All the screen stuff that they say is canon. It has to all work. And so Netflix, no problem at all. It just exists in New York until they reboot a character and recast a character. Netflix is nice. It's just sitting there in New York in the MCU doing its thing. And they're fine. We don't have to worry about that. They're canon. And if Kev dog says they're not canon, sure, but it still fits. It still works. Agents of shield. Not so much problem with agents of shield was the one year later screen card that they gave us because they thought one year later was enough of a time jump to get ahead of Endgame, <laughs> and instead Endgame gave us five years later and once that five years later card popped up on Endgame, everyone's gasping and i'm just like oh well <laughs> mm -hmm. okay yeah you weren't the only one and and they, we were already saying that when the snap happened, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did not refer to the snap at all. And so we kind of already knew there's trouble in paradise, so to speak. But I here's my headcanon. Seasons one through five. Is that right? Yeah. Seasons one through five. The moment when Coulson and May are standing on the beach holding hands and Coulson's about to die. Seasons one through five are prime timeline. Now, because of the time travel stuff, we could be, that could be the point that could be the Nexus event when they started doing tri time travel stuff to fix the future. That's 
might be when they hopped over, jumped the groove on the record player of, of the timeline. And that's where season six and seven are an alternate universe in season six. And in season seven, they go from that alternate universe into a second alternate universe and then back to the first alternate universe. And so that's kind of in my mind, the way agents of shield works here as we're looking at it through the lens of the multiverse. And so that's a lot of universe hopping. It is, Mm -hmm. but it only adds in, I mean, technically speaking, it only adds in one extra universe hop that that wasn't there on, on screen spoken of directly. So, yeah. And you got to think about the timeline that was destroyed because the earth was destroyed and the lighthouse survived and people survived on the lighthouse. And then they destroyed that timeline, which was essentially a loop. But Deke survived, so it's all good. Well, Deke survived, and then, oh, the guy that could manipulate stone. Well, he and, I, okay, I can't remember names, but they, after the timeline was, quote-unquote, fixed. So they're doing this spiral where they're in the time loop, going back and forth and back and forth and, and keep trying to fix it and can't, keep trying to fix it and can't, keep trying to fix it and can't. And finally, they break away from that. And they fix it. That's another universe that happened there that that Earth destroyed future. That continued to go on after they fixed it because they showed the spaceship with um, I can't remember the guy's name who uh, could manipulate rock and Stony <laughs> <laughs> and um, his friend are both in a Flint? ship. Hmm. Was it Flint? Yes. 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 Flint and his friend are in a ship after our main cast leaves that future the final time to go and and stop uh, Graviton stuff from happening. So there's another universe there. But what you have here is when Sylvie does what she does to he who remains, you start seeing so many things unraveling and alternate worlds, alternate universes getting created. So does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still matter? Yeah, because it's charting the course of these alternate universes, I guess. But season one through five, still prime timeline, as far as I'm concerned, until they tell us in the movies that Coulson died and never came back. And then season one through five become their own multiverse timeline. Yeah, I think we need some like actual canon something, not... Not just somebody saying, well, everything on Disney Plus is, you know, because like Disney Plus came out with their their way to watch the MCU, whatever. Right. And uh, it has Captain America and then Captain Marvel and then Iron Man. And it's like, well, no, that's not real because I like putting Captain Marvel right after Infinity War because, you know, he 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 text her and then it's it, so anyway but like until somebody comes out and says this is canon and this is not canon it's 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 our favorite game it is and and i enjoy doing the fanboy thing that we just did you know and, yeah and what's nice about it is that it actually kind of fits together i know it's not intentional 
on their part. They're they're not trying to fit Agents of Shield in. That's our job no. now to like do yes. all the mental gymnastics to make it yeah. fit in or not, you know, and and actually they've created this this uh franchise in such a way that uh yeah, I mean the haters can just be like, ha ha, Agents of Shield, it's not part of the MCU anymore. Ha ha. Well, yeah, there's actually uh something to be said about that. Whatever you say is wrong, but <laughs> because well, I did it, a lot it, of it, mental gymnastics to get here. <clears throat> yeah. And that would be no prize worthy, right? <laughs> yes, like, that's, that's exactly what a thing. no prize is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, if you were to write that into the to the back page or whatever it was, that would absolutely get you a no prize. So anything more about that before we kind of get back into, I guess, more specifics about this this episode? No, because it's all wibbly wobbly. <laughs> and it's a little confusing. So Well, just like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie, I walked away from this episode going, uh okay. <laughs> I had to watch about three times to really understand everything that was going on because there's so much talky talky. Yeah, there's a lot of talky talky. Yeah. I I mean Jonathan Majors is amazing. Oh, fantastic. As as you know, he who remains. They did not technically name him Kang the Conqueror. No, they did not. They he said I go by many names. People have called me many different things, and one of the things that he mentions that people have called him is Conqueror. Right. Um and, the other interesting thing that he says is you don't want to kill me because if you do, everything falls apart and you don't want to meet my variants. Some of them are really, really bad. Suggesting that the character we're seeing here may not be the same character we get to see in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Quantumania. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. Because he, this one seemed almost benevolent, but there were like little hints that, well, not hints. He directly calls himself a devil in this episode. And with him holding the apple, it reminded me a bit of the story of Adam and Eve in, in the Garden of Eden. And that moment where he's tempting Eve to do something bad. And essentially that's what he does is he tempts Sylvie to kill him. And she does. And then all these terrible things start happening. But he was actually – what I thought he was actually trying to do is get them to take over for him. Like he's trying to entice them to like come take over from me. I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah, one way and or another, he's if, getting out of it though. He's getting out of it from being murdered or he's getting out of it by those two taking over for him. Yeah, and I think that may have happened – if the threshold was not crossed, but he was not expecting that. Right. Because they crossed that threshold where he didn't know what was going on. I th that was an interesting moment. It felt a little odd at first because he's, here's all these things. I'm telling you these things. Here's some more things. Oh, I, I fibbed a little bit. <laughs> I, I lied. Yeah. I actually don't know what's going to happen all the way to the end. But he wasn't telling the lie when he was like saying, I know everything's going to happen right now. 
you know, this is how I'm able to escape your blades. Well, and, and then the other thing that a lot that is really smart, the filmmakers can be like, no, he was lying. Every word he said was a lie or every word he said was gospel truth. And every permutation in, in between those two things. Yeah, everything so, he said was uh, true from a certain point of view. From a certain Ooh. point of view. Luke, don't put that lightsaber. Oh, you put the lightsaber in your eye. I'm sorry. <laughs> that never happened. He didn't put the lightsaber up to his eye. Well, maybe in that universe. <laughs> yeah, right. In that version of Star Wars, it didn't. So, uh, let's talk about the 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 opening. I loved all the sound clips that you know brought us you know good memories and uh, what is love persevering and all that sort of stuff. But also some real life stuff, you know, like Greta Thunberg and Nelson Mandela, and I think I heard the Apollo astronaut. Yeah, Neil, Neil Armstrong, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a pretty like I've seen that before. I think. Frequency did it, I think, but I've seen it before. It's contact pretty... do that, I think. Contact did it, yeah. Yeah, but I it mean, was it's... television transmissions that were going out into space. Yeah, right. What, what were we supposed to be saying? Like in contact, television transmissions going out into space, right? What were we supposed to be saying or hearing? That's clips that, yeah, because it started over the the Marvel flip. Right. Where it's like flipping through the scenes and it's Marvel movie quotes. And I don't know because none of the none of those lines carry the same weight and importance as the other ones. It's not like they're, you know, it's just kind of random quotes. Who's supposed to be hearing these things? Why are we hearing these things? I think it's just supposed to be, again, kind of not a visual metaphor, but an, an audio metaphor of all of time is happening now. But all of time is also com- coming from a very um, select group of movies, plus some quotes, <laughs> all from the nineteenth and twentieth, no, twentieth and twenty-first centuries. I also felt that all those clips are a way to say all of these moments lead up to this moment. But then why have like, like those are like third-rate clips? I mean, they're good, <laughs> but like, except for the line about love. Yeah, like love persevering and then the Nelson Mandela one about striving for peace are like the best two lines. But then you got, you know, bigger, faster baby, whatever. I can't remember what her line is. Stronger, faster, stronger, faster, farther, further, faster, baby. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the Captain Marvel line. Oh, and then like, hey, way to go. Tic Tac. I mean, come on. What's that? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, if you're going to use, if you're going to use, like, important MCU lines, right, you're going to use, I could do this all day. And you're going to use, I am Iron Man. And you're going to use Avengers Assemble. Like, you're going to use those. And and on your left, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I think that part of the point is, you know, time is full of mundane moments yeah i guess 
I mean, part of it might be, Stuart, that that in time, you know, time is full of mundane moments. And so it's just pulling quotes from mundane moments in the movies. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the important thing to get out of it is it's a mishmash of of things that happen at different times. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what it is on the surface. Um, you know, mishmash moments of different times. Mishmash moments. That sounds like a good, like, ska band name. <laughs> anyway. It does, actually. <laughs> Next time I form a ska band, I, I think I'm going to call dibs on that for the... All right, Ben, you can have that next Thanks, time man. you form a ska band. Okay. You know, uh, it could be like that t- that stable timeline that we saw. It was like a giant laser disc that had all of the MCU content up to that point. And we took one line and just made an, what do you call it, an array through all those movies. And then we picked up all those lines. And then... He who remains, his little asteroid is existing, floating in the middle of that laser disc. And for those who are young enough to not understand a laser disc, it's a precursor to a DVD, and it's gigantic. You realize a Blu-ray has more space on it than a laser disc, right? Yeah, but I'm that old, and I was just thinking it was huge. It's it's not like a little disc. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like twelve inches. It's like the size yeah. of, a, of a vinyl record. Yeah, or a dinner plate. <laughs> Because, you know, some kids have Which, not seen a vinyl record. But, yeah, it's about the size of a vinyl that's record. A, that's a great big dinner plate you got going there, though. Yeah. That's like <laughs> okay, a it's a charger. It's a charger, not a dinner plate. A charger goes under the dinner plate just to be fancy. The charger's the thing you plug your phone into. <laughs> so here's one thing, though. Like we were saying, you know, if if all of time is happening at the same time in this place – which is a sci-fi concept that I've seen in other, you know, stories and, and that kind of thing, then there's a couple things that can, can work here. One of the things that can work here with WandaVision is what we are talking about with, um, we cross the threshold, you know, and, and so it doesn't have to be that the threshold was crossed because WandaVision and this are happening at the same time. The WandaVision stuff is happening because of what's happening here. And so it's just the effects spread throughout time. The other thing is when you hear the boys, their voices, they're imaginary children, right? They're imaginary children that Wanda created and then let go of when she let her town go back to normal. But she hears her voices at the end of the show, is she hearing them because the multiverse was created and now they exist in another universe and they're real and they're, and I, I don't know how you're going to get a, a, away from the fact that if they exist in another universe, that means there's another Wanda and another vision and it's their children in that other universe, unless they're orphaned in that universe and she's coming, she finds them. She's going to bring them, you know, and, and get them and and become their new mom or something like that. And then there's another universe where, oh, I can't remember his name. So Wanda's this, husband. Vision. Vision. Where Vision survived. He was never killed. And then there's another universe where Vision is evil. 
So this can be very sticky. And has a goatee. Very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So weren't you saying that Wanda is a Nexus event? The Nexus being? A Nexus being, being, yeah. She is not, in, in the comics, she is a Nexus being, which means that the multiverse is connected to her and she's able to access things. And then you have... um man thing who is another nexus being he's a protector of the nexus of all realities uh which used to be just one point in the florida swamps that man thing was just kind of drawn to it and it to him and, and that kind of thing but um yes they haven't said anything about that here in the show or in any show on screen and now they don't even have to you know we don't need we don't need scarlet witch to cross multiverse lines, but maybe that's what's going to happen is because of she's so powerful. Maybe she is the portal that they're going to use is, is coming from her. Um, I prefer it well, if they find a portal that's created by some sort of swamp monster. I don't know, but <laughs> here's what I believe then. Here's what I believe. I believe Kevin Feige is in the writer's room and being like, we need a swamp monster. And all of the other writers are like, not this time, Kevin. And he's like, fine. He's like, Ben's going to be so disappointed, but okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to trust you guys. You do everything else I tell you to do. But on this one, I'll let you guys. Right. Yeah. Take lead on that. Well, okay. So if, but I still go back to, uh, uh, what's her face's line from agents of shield. How am I going to explain a man thing? <laughs> Another thought I had is the moment that threshold moment. I was thinking, what if he who remains is a nexus being who is keeping everything in check? But when that threshold hit, he was suddenly dethroned as the as the major nexus being, and suddenly Wanda's it. Oh yeah, that's that that could definitely happen. Yeah. So I, then I again, think, that that you mentioned man thing, and I'm like, oh man. Here's the thing: there, there's a number of different people in in the Marvel universe who can cross multiverse lines. There's a whole series called X Man, which was all about it's basically sliders, but with superheroes, uh, and it's just them crossing lines and going into alternate universes. And every time they jump, they hope that's the the leap home. Um, it's, <laughs> wow! It, and it's it's a neat series that's from another show. It, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a really neat series. It really is because then every alternate universe that they go into, you see characters who are familiar, but with a twist, you know. And and then they're they're gathering teammates, and people will go with them every once in a while. People will stay behind every once in a while. Again, kind of like sliders. But it's it's a neat concept. The problem is, I, I, this is where they what they've created here now can go anywhere, almost consequence free. Like you were saying, what if there's a universe out there where Vision didn't die? You know, but Scarlet Witch did, and then Scarlet Witch can get together with that Vision, and it's as if his death never happened. You know, and well, I mean, they already kind of did that in Endgame, right? Gamora's back. Yeah. 
they did and 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 that's that's where if your time travel story is kind of about that then that's one thing but if you're using time travel to fix whatever issue you have we lose consequences and death already in comic books and somewhat in the MCU is of little consequence you know you have to have um you have to have a you know a character dies they can they can come back do you think that's an affect of it being of comics being the difference between comics and movies, right? Comics, you have to write all of them all the time. You have to, you know, you have to churn out many, many of them. In movies, especially now, you're wanting like one big, awesome movie to mean things, to mean something. And then you're going to let that go. And then you're going to, you know, 10 years later, you make another big, awesome movie. Or, or I think it might be screwing up my metaphor but the idea is that there's a lot of paperback comics and fewer movies comic books are created to go on and on and on forever and ever always right amen like soap operas yeah yeah until it gets canceled you know and movies you're right movies have more impact because they happen less often um Mm -hmm. and, and but even then like Death in movies, now that you've introduced multiverse and time travel, any character can die and easily, easily be brought back. I got two words for you, Ben. Zombie sit well. That doesn't even need a a multiverse to happen. (laughs) Right? I have one word for you. Supernatural. I'm still working on that show. you're right though it doesn't death doesn't matter and you can hire and fire whoever you want however you want the one difference that happens although they're getting away with it now because what if is animated and so they can do an episode about Peggy Carter in the 40s and she will look "Quote unquote look because it's a it's a animated caricature of her, but it's her how, as she looked nine ten years ago when she was in Captain America: The First Avenger, and not aged in you know the ten years that that have passed since then. And so movies it used to be here. We would say, okay, well they're going to age out of this eventually." And they're going to pass on the torch, which is happening. You know, um, remember when I said phase four, I felt like didn't have um, a real focus for me. Whereas before it was like Thanos, 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 you know, phase one, bringing the team together because Thanos phase two, getting more heroes because Thanos uh, phase three is Thanos, you know, and then, uh, and phase three ends with the end of Thanos phase four. So far I realize is kind of just the passing the torch phase. Everything we've done in phase four has introduced characters who are taking on the mantle from someone else or who are um, in the comics. Anyway, characters who have taken on the mantle. So you got vision and Scarlet, Witch introducing two characters from 
Young Avengers. And you have um, uh, Falcon, Sam Wilson, becoming Captain America, taking on the, the torch. You have Black Widow, the new Black Widow with Yelena. Um, everything has been about passing on that torch. Uh, the one exception kind of is, is Loki. At one point, it might have looked like we would be passing on the torch from Loki to Sylvie. Maybe. But Loki's still kind of just going strong and being who he is. <laughs> and so I'm not seeing a lot of torch passing there. But Sylvie is a character from Young Avengers. And Isn't Kid Loki from Young Avengers as well? Yep. No, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. But – I. It, but the point being, phase four feels like right now it's passing on the torch and setting up phase five. And then it might be a, a Kang thing as well with, with some time travel shenanigans. It's going to be interesting to see. Like, it's always been interesting to see where this Marvel Cinematic Universe goes. I, You know, that's one of the reasons I love this, love this franchise is that, A – it's got really long legs, you know, here we are 10 plus years later, still talking about these shows and B that's really interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 10 years. I mean, 10 years of doctor who is kind of, it has its ups and downs, you know, Thor dark world aside, there's not very many downs. Okay. But there are, you know, some would say agents of shield a down. Some would say iron, Iron Fist, a down, uh, Dark World. And humans. And humans. Now, a lot of this on the TV side that we're talking about being the, the things people would call a down. But um, but you were saying it has long legs. What, what's nice about that is it has long legs, but the legs are running strong and not jumping sharks. Yes. 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 And I, and I, Ben, I, I'm sorry, but I do believe that if we introduced a man thing, we might jump a shark. That being said, I would have also said the same thing about an alligator Loki. So, <laughs> and about a talking raccoon and a talking tree. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I was about to say that alligator Loki is just, is Groot all over again. It's true. In some yeah. ways. Yeah. And, and honestly, bringing in the swamp monster, especially one with the man things visual, um, that is the kind of thing that if they're not careful, it'd be people look at that and be like, what is this another Groot? Was this Groot's brother? Right. In fact, yeah. right. the reason I first got the comic that has Groot's first appearance was because it was for my collection of, of swamp creature comics, uh, because it's a walking, talking tree. And, and it's like, oh, the, the cover looks cool. Now, this is before I realized he was really a big part of, um, and maybe the event hadn't happened yet, but there was an event called Annihilation that introduced this new Guardians of the Galaxy uh, idea. But uh, yeah, I Groot was a part of my collection because of my my Swamp Monster comic book cover collection that I have. And yeah, visually, there might be a an issue, you know. So, although I'm, I do- I'm, I'm good if we never see it, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm good. It's all good. <laughs> but if we do see it, a uh, little be Benji, <laughs> <laughs> little Benji Avery is going to be a very happy, happy person. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So Jonathan Majors, fantastic actor. I think I said that before. I just want to make sure that's been said. Let's talk about his character. Uh, This is a guy who's giving exposition, but he's doing it by jumping up on the table. I mean, this (laughs) is – this is Robin Williams from Dead Poet Society. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. you know, he's channeling a little bit of that, channeling a little bit of uh, uh, Gandalf, uh, as far as kind of being aloof but wise and knowledgeable. Channeling a little bit of maybe Merlin and some some variations of of uh, the Arthur legend. Um, not channeling the evil conqueror so much, but it's been a long time. And he's just been remaining. <laughs> like he's he's just been around. He's he's been around the block and back again. And and now he's just sitting on the block, just just waiting with his nice office, framed with that window behind him. And they've they've actually done a promotional picture of him where they frame that window, and it looks like he's a a, a saint or an angel, you know, with this kind of glow behind him. That window also made its rounds in my all of my Disney groups because all of the Disney nerds went, oh, my God, there's a Mickey. Yeah, I thought the same thing. There's a Mickey yeah. in his window? The hidden the, Mickey. Yeah, it, the, you so get the, the window one behind big, him. Yeah. And then there's two little windows above it. It there's a it's a Mickey. But there's two little windows the, below it, too. Yeah, it but in that matter. frame, it looks like a hidden Mickey. So the frame the I was just looking at, you couldn't see the on top of it. <laughs> and th- those the, those are tiny. I can't see the top yet. I'm going to try and pay attention as it's going. I'm I'm playing the episode silently uh, next to me as I'm as we're talking. To be fair, the proportions are all wrong, and it's not actually a hidden Mickey. But yeah, and it's not connected. It is all connected. Well, no, I mean the three circles are not connected. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Sorry. I'm still talking about the Mickey. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing about that office, though, uh, and his whole building. You've got all of those just kind of cracks that have been yeah. filled in, filled in with what is that gold? So I had so, a thought about that. Yeah. So here's. Well, oh, go ahead, Samantha. Okay, so I was going to say maybe all of that rock, that's the ashes and the stone and the dead material from the timelines that have been truly pruned and killed. And so the gold stuff is just the last, it's just like the last little remainder of what was of that timeline. It, I don't know. I have heard of buildings that have gold in the cracks, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting concept and idea where you have this valuable material that's being used to repair and, and being used for such a, a mundane task in some ways. Um, there, I've used the word mundane in this podcast episode more than I've used in probably the last year and a half, but, um, okay. I see it now. Yeah. They're not connected. They're not connected. Yeah. Um, no. here's, here's the other thing I noticed about his office, the light source in his office that we can see mm-hmm. are candles. Yeah. There's a bunch of candles in his office. And to me, candle, a candle is a thing that over time it eats up the fuel and you can see this visual of time passing because a candle burns down as it's burning the wax and they don't burn down here. And so it's just this kind of interesting, like frozen in time kind of thing where you have these candles that should be melting down, 
but instead are not because we're in, we're frozen in time. Time is not happening, even though it's happening. <laughs> it's a paradox. Yeah. And I, uh, also the, there's light coming in from outside and it kind of fades, I think from blue to purple and back and forth. And then after that threshold moment, then you start seeing a lot of red, which is the color of Wanda's power. And then you get to the outside shots where you can see the different branches growing off and you see more red where before it was just a bluish black sky or just black because it's outer space. But so yeah, there's this infiltration of the color red towards the end of the episode. I'll keep an eye out for that. But this whole place so the cracks. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So the, the the cracks in all of the walls and and even in um, that little model that he's using to you know to his teaching aid to explain things reminded me of this um, Chinese art of repairing broken pottery. Oh um, yes, it's, it's called kintsugi. Kitsune. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I? No, I'm thinking of I, that. That was the word for fox. See, I, I don't know. K I N T S U G I. I think you had it right. Kintsugi? Yes. Uh, anyway, so the idea is that you take broken pieces of whatever and you fill it with, you fill the cracks with gold, and then um, you now have a new piece. Uh, and it's really pretty. Um, I actually saw a tree when I was in. Uh, Australia on our honeymoon that had all of these, it was a dead tree. I don't remember how it died or whatever, but they'd filled it. They filled in the cracks with, with gold and it was beautiful. That's what all of that reminded me of. So I don't know how it necessarily works with, um, in, in, at the end of time, but that's what I was reminded me of. So, and I think that's what it was reminding me of, too. My first impression of the gold know. as they were, yeah, as as they were walking up to the castle, my first impression was, is that the blood of other variants? Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. So there's a, a whole lot we could continue to talk about, but I'd like us to talk about like, where we leave things at the end of this and where we leave people. And that'll also give us the opportunity to talk about maybe some of the characters we haven't talked about yet. For example, C20, Mobius, and Renslayer. They're all kind of tied in together. Uh, C20 is the agent, and actually, interestingly enough, and purposefully, that's the first TVA agent who speaks at the beginning of the series when they apprehend Loki. She's the one who's there brings him in doesn't want anything to do with his shenanigans. She's not amused by him. Um, but then she's the one who, uh, ends up listening and realizing, okay, this is, yeah, there is something wrong here. And Sylvie shows her her past. Now we don't see her past, but then she takes some agents into the past where they see, Renslayer as a, a teacher in the regular timeline. 
And so that's kind of proof. We got something going on here. There's a problem here. TVA isn't quite what they present themselves to be. And we aren't what we present ourselves to be. We're variants. Renslayer herself leaves. She's still on mission. What's the mission she's on? We don't know. But she's on mission. And leaves behind Mobius, who's not dead. But those are kind of our TVA people that we're kind of following along with here. And I did want to make sure we talked about that a little bit. And especially with Mobius and C20 in the very final scene. Yeah, that's where so, I want to be. What's so going there? The, I think the files that Miss Minutes gave Renslayer was a message from He Who Remains explaining the truth and giving her orders about what she should do, such as get out of that timeline or get out of the TVA because he's about to reset it to forget what Loki has done. Because in the last scene, Loki gets there and nobody remembers who he is. But there's two possible explanations for that. And one is exactly what you just said, which is what I thought at first. The other one is that this is actually another, a different universe. Because the statues of the three time guardians are gone, replaced with the statue of he who remains or Kang or whatever his name is going to be in whatever universe we're in. And it's meant to be episode. I'm going to stick with he who remains because I think you're right. I think what we're going to see in the continuing uh, MCU movies is going to be a completely different version. I think it'll be a different version. And he who remains is probably the best way. Yeah. To keep that name with this guy here, because that's that that's who he is right now. That's what he calls himself and what everyone else calls him anyway. Uh, But I think he was a King. I think he was definitely, um, I found the name of the guy before he took on all these titles. Nathaniel Richards is the original name of this character. And there are many different variants of of him. Some are more scientific, some are kind, some are cruel. Do you recognize that last name though? Richards. Mm -hmm. Reed Richards. Sue Richards. Franklin Richards. I don't know. I I don't know. You don't know what? I don't know if they're introducing the, 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 the fantastic first family of comics here. They're not, they're not, but they are introducing uh, an ancestor of them. Wait. Descendant, Ancest- not an ancestor, descendant. a descendant. Yeah. <laughs> Other direction, take that, flip it. So, right. yeah, right. How do you know that that's Nathaniel Richards? Where did you find that? I Googled it. That's the name of the guy who becomes Kang in the comic book right. universe. Oh, okay. So that's his, so that's his comics- comic book name, yeah. Yeah, so when he's, when he's talking about the... The guy who discovered that there are other universes and he's talking to other variants of himself, they're all called Nathaniel Richards originally at birth. But some become, or one became he who remains, others become Kang the Conqueror, others become a ruler, others a jerk. 
And that's why he has many different names, because there are many different variants of Nathaniel Richards, just like there are many variants of Loki. And everyone else. Yeah. There's many different variants of Thor, of Captain America, of of every every soul that exists in the MCU. There's now variants of them out there. Problem is when they cross over into this protected timeline, this isolated timeline. I think we're in, we're not even at the beginning. We're not even at, we're barely in the beginning of Act One for this phase five. I think there's a lot or four. I think there's a lot of story to tell, and I'll be excited to see where it goes, and I'll be paying my ticket to the movie every single time. Um, Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. So we end with Renslayer going off. She has received some sort of documents from Ms. Minutes. And again, I think that she's still a true believer. I think she's the kind of person who, yeah, I may have been lied to, but I can't have sunk so much of my life into the lie that it doesn't mean something. I think she's trying to find meaning in what she's done. The difference is Mobius C20. They're seeking truth. They want to find out what is going on. And, and I think Renslayer is just trying to find new purpose. And and those papers might've had the purpose. It might be exactly what you said, Samantha. I think there's that's, I didn't even, consider that i honestly didn't consider anything i didn't know what was going to be in those papers but i think you might be right that it could be a message from he who remains or from ms menace <laughs> maybe ms menace is actually the the, the can we the talk about ms menace for a little bit yeah that's she she done put on her sassy pants for this episode <laughs> oh my heavens those are sassy pants <laughs> when she when she says well good luck to y'all i i think she may have said good luck to y'all, but I heard bless your heart. <laughs> That's another way to say it. Yeah, man. I've it's never just, wanted to punch a clock so hard. It's <laughs> all in the tone. The truth is all in the tone. Like, I was say, also, oh, go ahead. I ha- yeah, I was going to say, like, say I have a friend who with a very sick daughter. Bless her heart. I hope she, they can find a way to oh, help yeah. her. <laughs> right. Or. Or Stuart says something that I find r- ridiculous. Stuart, bless your heart. Yeah. You yeah. gotta like drop the art in the in the heart. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about was, you know, like in Lord of the Rings, where they're like, now, Sir Ian McKellen, we've got this, we've got this stick with this tennis ball up here, and that you're it's a it's really a dragon, so just be afraid when you're when you're thinking about you know acting with this dragon. And and for these poor folks, they got well, we've got this tennis ball here, but you're really gonna act with a clock. Yeah. Poor guys. So you know the thing I love about the about Miss Minutes and, and the clock look is it looks like something Disney would have drawn in his very early days. Yes. Yes. It's in that if, you style. Would, if you go back to some of his, um, you know, uh, uh, some of his older stuff, it definitely has that bright technicolor look to it. Yeah. 
So okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about that. I'm reminded with this minutes. I'm reminded of the, uh, the hologram from lower decks. That's voiced by <laughs> the, uh, voiced by the guy from, um, 30 yeah. rock. Uh, Badgy. Is that his name? I think that's his name. Badgy. Yeah. Let's see if I can find it, but <laughs> yeah. Badgy, which, yeah, just very powerful. Got a little bit of an attitude. Yeah, absolutely. That, that guy, Badgie was bad. He would, he didn't, he. Badgie was trouble. With capital T, rhymes with P, stands for pool. As much <laughs> as I don't like uh, Lower Decks as canon, there's a lot of funny stuff to it, and Badgie was one of them. Also a little bit terrifying. But yeah, Miss Minutes was a little bit like there's more to Miss Minutes and she's not just a um a, a, a non-sentient being that she's got sentience and attitude and a little bit of ferocity and I would not want to be on the wrong side of her. No, not after this episode, for sure. No. No. Because I think they, at an earlier episode, they did mention that she is partially alive. Did they not? Uh, he asked her if she was pre-recorded or in the moment. And she says something like, yes. Just a little bit of both. With the indication being that I think she she has some sentience. But, you know, I don't know. And masterfully voiced by Tara Strong. Oh, uh, yeah. So back to where we left our characters, Mobius and C-20, they both are kind of the ones left behind holding down the fort. And both before and after. Although maybe when we see them and they're looking at the timeline branches, that might be in this rewritten universe or alternate universe i'm not sure which we're looking at here but they're looking at it and like what do we do what do we do i don't know things are getting bad you know and then but they're actually they're still on mission they want to know the truth but they know that there's stuff they got to take care of unless we're looking at these two characters now because all the stuff with loki didn't happen and so maybe maybe they're not still on mission they've well they, they're still on mission because they have not been revealed. What what was revealed to them has not been revealed yet. Yeah, that's what I'm. I had to a say. thought. So, uh, when we go into the Black Palace with all the gold veins, there's a room in between the front foyer and where they meet He Who Remains. And in that room, there are four statues, but one's been destroyed. The other three are the timekeepers that we see in the TVA. So I'm wondering when the guardian of the timeline dies, if they become the figurehead for the TVA, if there's something that resets and they become the, and that image becomes the figurehead because, and they're probably all variants of this Nathaniel Richards because one of those guys looks more like Nathaniel Richards than the others, but we've seen in the show already that a variant doesn't necessarily always look like the same person. 
So they probably are former variants that were watching over the timeline and then something happened and they were replaced by the one that we know as he who remains. I can see that. There definitely was a Kang vibe to their design. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about where we left Loki. He's the title character and he gets pushed through a portal before Sylvie and the moment with Sylvie is brilliant. She kisses him. There's a swell of music and she turns around as they're kissing and it feels like it's just a traditional romantic thing where the camera is spinning and the people are spinning, but really it's to position him on the other side of her. So she is now between Loki and he who remains. And then she pushes Loki back after they've had their big sword fight and the whole thing is, is he telling, is he who remains telling the truth or not? And we have a lot of talky talky, even as they are sword fighting. And, uh, but she wins the fight by getting rid of Loki, not by killing him, but by pushing him through a portal. He ends up back at the TVA. Then he runs, finds Mobius and C20 and is like, this is bad. There's bad stuff going on. We got to take care of bad stuff that's going on. They don't know who he is. And then he looks and sees where the three statues used to be. There's now one and it's he who remains or Kang or Nathaniel, whatever. We don't know exactly why it's him, but it's him and something is wrong. And that's where we leave our Loki. Even if you're saying that it's another, it's a variant TVA, and I'm saying, no, the TVA has been reset, we're both kind of right. It's just one, it's it's the same thing with a different name, I think, in a, in a way. Uh, the the major thing in, in your favor of, of the way that you were looking at it and the way that I was looking at it, too, at first, is that the TVA is outside of all these multiverse stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so all the timeline stuff and the branches. But then again the TVA was set up to protect the sacred timeline, which in this case potentially is this isolated timeline. And so the TVA may be connected just to that one timeline, but then it's unraveling, you know, it's, it's got branches all here, there and everywhere. Well, the other thing is how reliable is that information? That's what Mobius was told. That's what Mobius told us. But at the same time, he got that information from, say, no, rephrase. That's what Miss Minutes told us, and we know she's a lying liar who lies. It's also a little bit what, what He Who Remains was saying, though. Yeah, so, like, I don't think we have a really good, honest answer as to what the TVA is or why it's there. But we do have a visual of that isolated timeline. Yeah. That was very straight and circular. <laughs> um, and that was straight and circular at yeah, the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was also then we see at the end, it is branching off like like a tree's roots. And and you've just got these branches happening here, there, everywhere. So things are definitely changed. We this is classic end the season with a new normal, a glimpse of the new normal. And that's a phrase that we used to use before COVID. So I'm sticking with it. I'm not letting COVID take that phrase from me. I'm using new normal. I'm sticking with it. 
it's that that right there is our new normal then what that when every time we use the phrase new normal we have to yeah yeah we have to Def- make an explanation again. defend yeah. why i get to use that phrase <laughs> you don't win covid we win it's, def- it's definitely going to be very interesting to see what loki season two how really all connected these things are right because i can see it could see there being a situation very similar to the greatest television slash movie event in history where, you know, you go, you watching your show on Tuesday, you go to the theater on Friday and you're watching your show on Tuesday again. I can see that actually coming to fruition and actually happening in our new normalized television. Oh, yes, absolutely. Let's do that. I, I want to get back to that because that weekend that Captain America Civil War, or not Civil War, Winter Soldier came out. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So good. And I think, I mean, you know, I think I remember hearing about like they didn't know, you know, Jed Marissa. Uh, didn't really know that that was happening to their shield and they had to react a little bit and they, and they were able to, you know, figure something out now, you know, all of those guys are in the room where it happens. You know, Kevin Feige can walk over to the Loki producers and be like, BT dubs, you need to put Loki into this because this is going to happen. in Dr. Who and the multiverse of madness. I mean, it's all it is more connected now than it was before. Let's just say it that way. Indeed. Indeed it is. All right. So last character, last two characters, he who remains is now just remains. <laughs> oh, did you work on that? <laughs> I did not. I just uh, thought of it as I was saying it. Um, I'm, I'm actually feeling a little proud of that one though. It's not a, it's not I, a, it's not a guffaw. It's not a belly laugh. It's definitely a groaner, you know, it's but definitely feeling good, feeling good about it. Here's what I'll, here's why I'll give it to you. You just thought of it. Yeah. Like it was just, you were just rolling with it and you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this right here. That's why I'll give it to you. But the important mm. thing here is he's dead because of the thing that Sylvie did. All of the arguing that's going back and forth between Loki and Sylvie is, should we trust him or not? And Loki's saying, I'm a liar. I don't think he's lying. I'm a lying liar who lies, and I know when a lying liar who lies is lying, and he is not lying, even though he may be a lying liar who lies. Okay. Now, was he was he horizontal or vertical? What do you was mean? Was he lying down? Oh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> he was sitting up in a chair. That's true. He's a lying liar who sits in a chair. <laughs> but... So they're all the back and forth about should we kill him or not? And if we kill him, will what he says happen? Will it happen? And what he's saying will happen is multiversal war. Multiversal war will happen if you kill me or if you don't take over for me. So there's all the back and forth. And then Sylvie decides, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I don't care what you say. I don't care what he says. I'm killing him because he pulled a little girl away from her family. 
She's seeking revenge. She's acting out in revenge. She's getting revenge. And what he says was going to happen seems to be happening. And we leave her and she's just sitting on the floor. Broken. I mean, she's her whole life has been leading up to this moment. Now that it's happened, you don't get the impression that it's going to give her anything that she wants. There's not even a satisfaction in the revenge there. And there rarely is. And, and I think oftentimes satisfaction that you get when you, ha- when you get revenge is it's self-deception. You've deceived yourself into thinking I, I'm feeling satisfied now that I've gotten revenge. So that's the armchair philosophy moment of the episode. But this is where we leave Sylvie. What do you guys think about Sylvie and her choice? Sylvie's choice, so to speak. I, I mean, I don't know that I would do anything different or the same. It's hard to tell. I have never been in a multiversal war. Have you? <laughs> yeah, once or hand, twice, she's... but it, were, it was variants. So. <laughs> okay. On the other hand, she's had no choice since the moment she was taken from her timeline to run and hide and try to figure out a way to survive. And now she survived and she's realizing once she achieved her goal, oh, I may have messed things up in a big way. Uh, Okay, so anything left in your notes that you'd like to talk about before we shut down? I had a thought, and I'm not sure if this sticks but what if sylvie was an ice giant child that odin took that was not the loki that we know now yeah i i did see an article where they said they wanted to dive more into sylvie's background but the producers were kind of no we need to really just stick with loki right now so so that's a season two thing that yeah if we're going to get that i because there's so many different possibilities with that. Like what yeah. you just said is one, but there's so many other ones. And yeah, I just have to wait and see on that. Yeah. Watching. So, so for me watching this, the end of this ser- season makes me really interested to see what, what if is, I was already interested to see what, what if was, but now what if it's bigger than just what if, yeah. Well, yeah. It has what to it, be tied into this. What if it's charting like all these different multiverse yeah. moments? Yeah. yeah. It's very possible. And they might even reference this moment in that series. I don't know. We, we, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I mean, what, because it, August 11th. They've kept, but, yeah. They've kept it really close to the vest. Like up until very recently, we haven't had a whole lot of trailers. We haven't had a whole lot of anything. Just Kevin Feige going, hey, what if it's going to it's coming, it's coming. So now we've got a trailer and it's kind of, you know, what we expected. But what if it's going to be bigger? That would be so cool. Yeah, because then could we see variants? I mean, that's really what we're going to be looking at in the in the language of the MCU right now. Peggy Carter getting the super soldier serum in. I what sounds like is going to be the first episode of what if that's a variant, you know, that's 
a variant Peggy Carter. And yeah, uh, T'Challa so what? being picked up and doing his thing in his episode, that's a variant T'Challa. So there's what, 23 episodes of this or whatever, because there's 23 movies? I think it's actually only 20. I think it's two seasons of 10 episodes each. That's what they've kind of suggested. Okay. So then, so then at the end of every single one of them, they all get pruned. <laughs> They're like, no. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. And the watcher's just standing there watching. Oh, another one. That's, that's sad. <laughs> it's kind of like, it, it'd be kind of like, did you guys ever see Paul Rudd uh, show clips on the Conan O'Brien show? I have only seen him do the clip of uh, the clip from Mac and me on all I've seen. So, so he's been doing that for like 20 years. Right. And, and that'll be, that would, what the end of the end of what if is, is just Paul Rudd showing that Mac and me clip. (laughs) That's a variant him, even though it's not really him, but yeah. 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 That's Paul Rudd. (laughs) All right. So, Anything else? I got two more notes. Let's hear them. Okay. Note number one is I loved when he who remains looks at Sylvie and says, we're all villains here. Murderer, hypocrite, as she's calling him out for being a murderer. And then you realize, again, we're watching a room where we're rooting for Loki. He's a lying liar who lies and a murdering murderer who murders who hopefully is taking steps toward redemption. But Sylvie is too. Like we can't forget like Sylvie was killing people and seemed to even be taking a little bit of pleasure in it in what we saw in, in the, the Renaissance fair. So that's just an interesting thought. I, I did appreciate he who remains calling her out on it. So that was, that well, was it's not nice. just that. It's also saying, hey, I had my reasons to, to do all these really awful things. Right. Yep. Yeah. You have your reasons. I have my reasons. But you're a hypocrite if you call me out. I know yeah. I'm a murderer. You are too. And the other thought is, obviously, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with how they bring the Fantastic Four in and what happens, how they're going to bring in the X-Men to the MCU. We know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. But are we looking at a scenario where we don't have to play? Is it MCU? Because it's a multiverse. And it all is. That's my hope. At the end of whatever this multiversal war arc thing is, I hope that they give us a definitive answer as to what it is. And my hope is that they're like, it's all MCU. It's all connected. Draw the lines however you want. Japanese Spider-Man, MCU. I want that DVD set. Yeah. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, actually it does exist. It's a Japanese only release that I don't know if it has English subtitles, but if anyone's listening from Japan and you want to send it to me, I'm, I'm more than willing to give you my address. <laughs> I'll take the risk. Have you Absolutely. checked eBay recently? <laughs> yeah. What I found on eBay was 
actually uh, bootleg version of it. I almost uh. got it without knowing, without thinking. And then I did take a look at it and I'm just, ah, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. But Why I not on see, Disney Plus, you know? Right. I could see them doing that. I mean, Marvel has enough money around where they could go and be like, I want this. I want this. I want this. Marvel you used to have mean? the Japanese Spider-Man on their website. They did. It was all the episodes. I watched two or three of them. I didn't realize it was going to go away. And so when I went back to try and see the next one, they were gone. So, and there probably is some you on YouTube, I, but. You know what I hope is that at some point Loki's going to go back to a timeline and then um, that little red convertible rolls up and there's Coulson and he's like, but I killed you. And he said, nope, I'm an LMD. But I remember what you did. <laughs> no, I hope I hope that uh, Loki, this Loki, goes back to the Battle of New York, and then comforts Hulk while he walks down the stairs. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure Hulk would just throw him down the stairwell. As they walk down then, the stairs together with a piano, yeah. melancholy <laughs> playing. Yeah. Doo, doo. Or you know, a a couch and and. Hulk is saying, pivot, pivot. <laughs> okay, let's let's wrap this up. We've fallen down the trap. Definitely, we need to we need to wrap this up. Post-credit, we're gonna talk about uh post Black Widow uh MCU dates, post Loki season one as well. Um but final words, Stuart, Samantha, final words. Final words, don't we have some feedback? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And I, nobody's going to care or notice, but I have new glasses now that allow me to read so much better. Nice. Congratulations, Ben. Yes, they are (laughs) bifocals, progressive bifocals. So, yes, I'm officially old. All right. So, Congratulations on being old. Yeah. First from Agent Jeffrey. Subject, Black Widow, Sam is right, and Stu is wrong. Hey guys, I know it's been a while, but I've been having a super busy year so far. I probably won't be able to watch the Loki finale until this weekend, but I am writing with my thoughts about Black Widow. My house is one of the many who purchased it on Disney+. Plus. We were excited to see it in the theater, but we still aren't ready to be around that many people at a time. I live in southwest Missouri, and COVID-19 immunization rates and the Delta variant have made me leery of spending time in a crowded theater. I do like that we can watch Black Widow at any time because we pay the $30. I'm probably going to watch it again this weekend. First, I enjoyed the movie. I agree with Ben that it wasn't necessary, but I liked how it set up the MCU moving forward, or at least the post credit did. This movie had some superb acting from its main cast, and the farmhouse scene was particularly well done. Florence Pugh is a great actress, and I've enjoyed every movie of hers that I've seen. She will be a great addition to the MCU roster. Thank you to Samantha for calling out the movie's inaccuracy about female anatomy slash hormones. I work in pharmacy, and I said the same thing. When that scene happened, I told my 12-year-old daughter there's no way they removed her ovaries or she'd have to be on daily medication, which makes no sense. Lastly, I'd like to tell Stuart that while American Pie is aesthetically fine as a 70s folk rock song, I disagree with it on philosophical grounds. It's looking backward, nostalgically, 
and claims that things will never be as good as they were in the past. It goes to great lengths to try and put a lampshade on the 1960s and takes itself way too seriously. I know that I may be in the minority with this opinion, but if there is anyone else out there who feels this way, I see you. Thank you again for everything you do, Agent Jeffrey. P.S. I love the unedited episodes available for Patreon backers. Ah, this is what I was telling you about. But I do miss hearing Clark Gregg say, it's a magical place. Stuart, you have a, a, any kind of response to that? You know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't remember exactly what I said, so... <laughs> you just really appreciated the song, I, I think. I do appreciate that song. I love that song. Um, and I especially love the extended version of that song. I also really like that song. I do think that... Um, in some ways, the things that uh, Jeffrey was saying about the song makes it an effective song in this context as it's all mm-hmm. as it is being all about nostalgia and a time that will never come back and that we'll mm-hmm. never be able to, to re- get back again. And I don't remember if we ever said this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure we did. But if we didn't, I want to make sure I do get to say it. You just don't have someone mournfully singing American Pie and this will be the day that I die. And then they don't die. Nobody <laughs> died except for the people at the prison in the avalanche and every evil character on the floating base. If you were a bad guy on the base, you died. If you were a good guy or a murdering murderer who murders, but we like you because you're funny. You don't die. You know, after <laughs> seeing this finale, I realized that there's a connection between Black Widow and the new phase, especially if it's going where I think it's going. It's certainly where Loki is going, which is it's a fight for free will. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely see it in Loki. We see it in Black Widow. Uh... I think you could adjust your lenses and, and see it in, in Falcon and winter soldier, but WandaVision it's a fight for free will, but it's a fight internally against herself. Right. And it's also a fight for the people of that town to regain their free will. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wait, four sent us a message from our Patreon uh, message center. And the subject line is Loki finale feedback. What a ride. I understand some people's criticisms about exposition and setup. However, I have to point out some things that for me heavily outweigh any and all critiques about the episode. Jonathan Major's performance had me hanging on every single word. Just want to make sure you guys heard the the periods there. (laughs) If this is what we get from him going forward in the MCU, I'm somehow even more excited than I already was. Any ideas for an Iron Lad casting? Any ideas for an Iron Lad casting now? I'm hoping that we get him along with Kang in Quantum Mania. Scott Lang having to deal with his daughter aging five years and what seemed to him like five hours, plus her possibly dating a boy destined to become a supervillain, just sounds like the perfect example of classic dad tropes extrapolated by sci-fi. And he's referring to things that happened in, in comic books that could happen in, in our TV show or our movies, actually, for this. The moral I hope dilemma. So because Paul Rudd. 
The moral dilemma and the conflict that sprouted from it were impeccable. Sylvie was never going to accept a position where she would do to countless other children what was done to her. And Loki, willing to hear He Who Remains out, but for vastly different reasons than Episode 1 Loki, Chef's Kiss. I'll cut it off there. Take care, guys, and I'll see you for What If. Until next time. Uh, I actually really like that perspective on Sylvie, that he's offering her this job, and it's the job that she's wanting to get revenge for. <laughs> like, yeah, there was no way she would say yes to this. Loki's wanting to say, hey, let's hear him out because we don't want a multiversal war. But yeah. Nice. Thank you, 084, for your feedback. I love hearing from you. Let's see here. Next, we have a message from – how did she sign off? Agent Marissa. Well, she didn't sign off as Agent Marissa, but Marissa. Hey, I know her. She's a friend from work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently she's a friend of Samantha's as she says. Yeah, here. She's, yeah. she's a friend of mine. And we met on a film project called Brown Coats Redemption. Nice. So we are genuine nerds. Subject line. Welcome to level seven. Loki season one, episode six comments. Hello. Welcome to level seven team. My name is Marissa. I'm a new listener and a friend of Samantha's who suggested I send some of my comments about the Loki season finale into your podcast. I hope this is the place to send them. It is. I feel like I could write a whole dissertation on this episode, haha, but I'm going to focus just on Loki and Sylvie's final scene together. That scene was such a powerful character moment for both Sylvie and Loki, and brilliantly portrayed by both Sophia DiMartino and Tom Hiddleston, as always. We got to watch Sylvie decide that, nope, nothing and no one, not even Loki, who's the closest thing she's ever had to a friend, not even the entire multiverse, which she herself is a part of, is more important than succeeding in her quest for vengeance. And we got to watch Loki show how much he's grown, even in the space of just a couple of episodes. A mere two episodes ago, he was, with good reason, calling himself a narcissist. But here he is, unflinchingly putting Sylvie's needs and well-being ahead of his own with his I just want you to be okay speech. But it was also pretty heartbreaking. I wasn't even really rooting for Loki and Sylvie as a couple. I couldn't and still can't decide if it was weird or cute. But even so, oof, poor Loki. He was finally brave enough to open up, be vulnerable with someone, and it did not go well for him. Of course, it's Sylvie's prerogative not to choose Loki over her lifelong goals, even if those goals were likely cause a multiversal war. But it is unfortunate that Loki's first attempt at a meaningful interpersonal connection kind of failed. The whole situation keeps me thinking of Bucky's line to Sam in the Winter, in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If Steve was wrong about you, then maybe he was wrong about me. I wonder, slash worry, if that same kind of self-doubt will creep into Loki's mind too next season. Like, I truly believe that Sylvie could grow and change and care about people outside of herself, but apparently I was wrong, and if I was wrong about her... Maybe I'm wrong about me. Maybe I can't change either. Maybe I'll always eventually end up angry and bitter and alone because I deserve to be. I want to think that Marvel wouldn't have Loki backslide too far after having done such so much work with the character, but it would also be under, an understandable reaction from him as a person. I mean, he got rejected by a version of himself. I wouldn't blame him for thinking that if he can't even win himself over, who can he? 
That said, I'd argue with him on that until I was blue in the face. He can grow, and in fact, he already has. Twice now. Time travel shenanigans. So I really hope he takes Sylvie's I'm not you to heart, honestly. As sad as it was in the moment when she said it, there's some hope in there too for Loki, at least. They aren't the same person, so just because Sylvie's stuck slash choosing to stick for now to the angry, bitter, lonely path that brought her to this moment, that doesn't mean that Loki can't successfully forge a new path of his own. There's so much more that could be said about this finale and the show as a whole, but I've already written too much, so I'll simply end with, wow, phase four is going to be wild, and I'm so excited for it. Thanks for taking the time to read this, Marissa. And I just want to throw out this whole, um, you know, as we're talking about phase four and what is it going to be, we have to remember that phase four has already given us what six, 12, 18, over 20 hours of material. <laughs> it's like phase four is going to be wild, but it's also already huge. Like this is a franchise that is going to rival star Trek in, in number of hours, not too long. True. Very true. Uh, Really interesting and good insight on just the dichotomy. I love the the concept that she brings up about Loki was just rejected by a version of himself, and is not or like is a, it a version of himself. Well, it, it could be not, but taking it at face value right now, yeah, you know, face value she, says she she had yeah. It's taking taking it at face value right now. Yes, yeah, she is, but there's also that line: "I'm not you." And she's very, very different from the other Lokis, personality-wise. So, again, it could, she could have been another ice giant or another orphan that Odin picked up and named Loki. Not physically the same person. So, well, I'm going to float that for a while until it's proven wrong, but we'll see. All right, and we do have a voicemail as well. Hey, guys. This is Agent Nate. I'm calling in because as of today, I have finished Loki, so I realize it might be a few weeks before you get around to this because you guys have to finish the series. But I was just actually chatting with Ben on Facebook Messenger and came up with a really crazy idea. So we've got all this stuff going on with the sacred timeline, and now it's splintering off even more into what looks like a multiverse, so it's certainly sensing up multiverse of Mandis and Quantumania. And I remember from your first episode covering Loki, Ben brought up something I said to him, which is, I'm not sure what this does for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, here's a crazy idea for you. I'd love to hear all y'all talk about this. How about this? Marvel brings back the one-shots, and we have one where the TVA goes after our intrepid S.H.I.E.L.D. team because they tried to branch off. Hmm. Which means that the last two seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. are one of those branches going off the sacred timeline now because they dealt with the TVA. Just a thought. Talk to you guys later. And... I think we actually addressed that already when Stuart suggested the possibility of every episode of what if ending with it being pruned, um, that one shot, <laughs> what if it just ends with agents of shield, the show pruned. 
It's just a title card. <laughs> no, it's just it's just there's uh there's Daisy and there's C twenty and C twenty drops the thing, prunes the show, it's gone. That's not what I want to oh. see. We we talked about my my kind of theory of things. Um but so you remember those remember those three uh flashcards that Daisy had at the very beginning of, of Agents of Shield? Those actually have the show on them, and then C twenty prunes those. You mean the the sugar packets? Yes, the sugar packets. <laughs> <laughs> that never went anywhere. Wow, season one, episode one stuff that I've completely forgotten about. But yes, you're right. There were the sugar packets. <laughs> those have the show on them. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now. Thank you, Samantha, for catching that. Uh, any any final words from you two before we go into our post-credit conversation about the important dates of the MCU that are coming up? I just want to thank everybody for listening, and it's so awesome to hear feedback, so keep it coming. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah. I would like to thank Tazzle, Blessed Cheesemaker, and Julie for being our Patreon patrons. I would like to thank Jeffrey and 084 for being both Patreon patrons and writing in for our episode tonight or today or whatever. Whenever you're listening, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Next year. (laughs) Um, And I would also like to thank Marissa and Nathan for writing in. Thank you all very, very much. And I would like to say uh, thank you as well. Huge, huge thank you to everyone who's listening and who stuck with us for all this time. And uh, I think we'll take a week or two off um, as we kind of decide what are we going to do, if we're going to do anything extra in between now and what if. We'll see. Um, we may, we may not. I I, I don't know. Um, and, and Stuart, I'm going to ask you to, to set this one up for me. Are you ready? Can, can you ask me why are we going to take a, a week or two off? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, do it, Ready? Because you're going to set it up for me. All right, here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Ben? Yeah? Why, why are we going to take a week or two off? Buddy, I'm tired. And I'm older. I'm older than I look. This game is for the young, the hungry. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling 1-775-5-LEVEL-7. That's 1-775-553-8357. Or send us an email to feedback at welcometolevel7.com. Just don't forget, the 7 is spelled out. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and Godspeed.
Hey, Ben, have you seen the important upcoming MCU dates? <laughs> seen them? I wrote them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so actually, yeah, we, we've put a, a blog post up that has has these dates on them. And yeah, so here's what's coming up. And first, we'll talk about the things that have actual dates that are MCU. Then we'll talk about the things that don't have dates that are MCU. And then we'll talk about a couple things that have dates that the question is, is it MCU? And uh, hopefully I can find that sounder for you. But I don't know where my hard drive is that I think has that sounder on it. It's on a oh, separate man. podcasting well, hard drive. So I'll try and get it to you. Just gather the kids around and re-record it. <laughs> That's, I could, yeah. Okay, so here are the important MCU dates after Black Widow and after season one of Loki. Most important upcoming first in 2021, August 11th is What If? 10 episodes that will be coming out. What If? on Disney+. Plus. That's the premiere date. And it sounds like it'll be a weekly release like they do with a lot of their shows. The one thing I didn't look at is to see what day of the week is august 11th it is a wednesday so they are sticking with the wednesday release dates interesting cool 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 cool. okay so and we're going to limit comments about the series themselves to like one comment if you have one so if you have a couple things to say just choose the most important one but we want to get through this quickly so september 3rd we have shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and if you go to our blog post on our website, welcomelevel7.com, we have the official trailer for What If, the official trailer for Shang-Chi, and the official trailer for the next one. They're all there. So Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, which if you watch that trailer, you saw the Ten Rings. Very interesting MCUing of it. Any comments about those? Should I move on? And you saw Abomination fighting a yeah. dude. If not the abomination and abomination, I don't know. Interesting. That abomination gets upset when you refer to him with the definite definitive article. <laughs> uh, okay. So two months later, November 5th, Eternals. Which that trailer oh, looks yeah, fantastic. I forgot all about that show. Yep. <laughs> it's happening. And while Eternals is still in theaters, you might be able to go into a Marvel double feature at your theater because December 17th is Spider-Man No Way Home. Or if uh, Wayne and Garth were talking about it, Spider-Man No Way. Yes, Way. Way. <laughs> All right. December 17th, Spider-Man No Way Home. 2022. March 25th, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. May 6th, Thor, Love and Thunder. July 8th, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And November 11th, The Marvels, which is technically Captain Marvel 2. In 2023, February 17th, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And May 5th, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Three. Well, I have my Valentine's Day weekend planned out for 2023. 
I'm, so, I'm dragging my husband to see that. <laughs> the uh, TV series that we have dates for are August 11th for What If. That's really all we know about dates of when these things are coming out. But we do also know that late 2021 is Ms. Marvel and late 2021 is Hawkeye, which that was the cliffhanger for uh, Black Widow. Black Widow's teaser post-credit thing was saying, I got a target for you. What's your target? The target is late 2021. Hawkeye will be on Disney+. Plus. Then, no dates yet for these TV series. She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Secret Invasion, Ironheart, and Armor Wars. They're all in various stages of pre-production, but they all have been officially announced as well. And now Loki season two. Yes. Yes. She-Hulk, a lawyer in New York. Who knows other lawyers in New York? Let's just hope. There is, there are definitely rumors. Uh, we got, we got it covered. We got this covered. We're, we're covering it.com has, has, put out multiple articles about uh, Matthew Murdoch, but in between there. So we have Shang-Chi September 3rd and Eternals November 5th, but September 15th, no September 24th for United States, September 15th for United Kingdom. We have Venom. Let there be carnage. That is coming out. Oh, I forgot about Venom too. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Is is it MCU? We 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 don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I still have it to could see become the first MCU. Venom. Is it time for me to try to put the whiteboard back up? Because last time I put it up, it kept falling down. <laughs> Maybe. So Maybe. I need I need to find something really good to affix it to the wall. December seventeenth is Spider Man No Way Home. One month later. Potentially, this is one that I'm not sure if it's official, but I think it is. They delayed it, and I think that it it does have now a an official final official date. Part of that Sony verse that they're doing, that's tied into the Spider-Man contract that Sony has. This is a Spider-Man character. January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Morbius. Is it MCU? We'll wait and see. Kev Dog has said about both about Venom, you never know. We want to do things right. There's always possibilities. So we could see Tom Holland showing up in either of these movies, which automatically would say it feels like it's MCU. So yeah. Well, we also have Doc Ock and Electro coming back, but different versions, which would work into the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Which Oh, I love that so much. Isn't there a Captain America 4 on the slate, too? It hasn't been something they've talked about, and they have a writer for. The writer, one of the writers, it might even be the head writer from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is was hired to work on that movie. So they at least have the pre-production, they've hired a writer on it. But I don't think there's anything more than that. So there's a lot going on. And it's kind of fun in some ways because uh, I love going to the movies. 
and we will definitely have a Morbius episode. We'll definitely have a Venom episode. Um, at some point, I, I really just need to look back at our back catalog because I, I, you know, three hundred and fifty some episodes. I don't remember everything we've all you know we've done, but I don't think we've done individual episodes for the Spider-Man movies. And so depending on what happens with Spider-Man No Way Home, we may end up doing a series of, you know, about the individual Spider-Man movies pre-MCU. You mean the, um, oh, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask, yeah. the pre-MCU yeah. stuff. I know we've talked about them and we might have done post-credits, but I, I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure we don't have specific episodes about them. If Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire share screen time with uh, Tom Holland, is it MCU? Yes, it is. And those five if, movies become MCU multiverse and we'll cover, we'll cover them. If Tom Holland shares screen time with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, I have to go back and watch two more Spider-Man movies. Which ones? The amazing Spider-Man's ones with Andrew Garfield. Cause I've never seen those. Oh, that'll be so much fun to be able to, Talk we, about it with you when you saw it new. That that'll be cool. We may even want to do that as a downtime thing. Yeah, uh, if we do, I think we want to wait. I think it'd be the kind of thing where we either do it in lead up into Spider Man No Way Home or after Spider Man No Way Home. Right. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I just want to throw out there is as exciting and as a fun it might as it might be for those Spider Man movies to be MCU. There are certain movies that I'm really just hoping get ignored <laughs> and and don't become uh, MCU multiverse. And that might even are be Are you a, talking about Ghost Rider? No, actually, I'd like to see the Ghost Rider movies. They could easily actually even be MCU Prime with very little thought. Um, but you know, I have not seen those movies. So I thought oh, about it. I have access to them. Maybe, maybe we have a downtime thing where we're just going to talk about Marvel movies that we haven't seen yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, we still have, we, we have TV shows to talk about too, but I think we'll be talking about them a season at a time rather than an episode at a time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really would like to finish Punisher and that might be something that happens between now and what if is just, we try and do an episode where we finish uh, the, the Punisher season two. But um, I really would – I could do without any of the Fantastic Four movies being MCU, even on a multiverse level. I could do without Howard the Duck being <laughs> MCU. But then again, yeah, I, I'm ambivalent about that. Um, Everybody loves Howard. Then there's also uh, the Punisher movies. Yeah. yeah, Dolph I Lundgren. So, no, I, I let's let's go back to Dolph Lundgren, Punisher. So, you know. So okay, I have a question. Um, Jonathan Majors played. Uh, it, let's pretend he's playing King the Conqueror. Oh, he is in Quantumania. So the original King the Conqueror was Nathan Richards. Mm -hmm. Does. Is Nathan Richards connected to Sue and um, Sue Richards and Reed Richards and all of the Richards family? As far as I understand it, yes. 
Like by birth or by blood? Yeah, I, I think he's one of their descendants. He's so like does, he's from the year three thousand. Okay, so does or this thirty thousand? Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, so if he's one of their descendants from the year three thousand, in the year two thousand, <laughs> so so that would make no comment on um, Reed and Sue's ethnicity in current MCU. No, it it would. So you could potentially still have Jim from The Office and Emily Blunt <laughs> play the part. I I love that fan casting. I don't do a lot yeah. of fan casting, but that is that's one that I look at and think fan that's cast. fantastic yeah, that's fan casting. But the thing is, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter, you know, who the 21st century version of those characters are because they're 10,000 years in the future. Yeah, and if you, or, or 8,000, but um in Doctor Who, they did that where Queen Elizabeth the Tenth, she's she's black. Yeah, and I loved it. I don't remember that see, that episode, but yeah. All right, we got to shut this episode down. Yes. Now. So thank <laughs> you, you two for joining us, joining me rather, and thank you everyone else for joining us. And uh, we will see you soon with either the premiere of What If. Or possibly looking at some of the Legends episodes leading up into What If, or possibly know, some Netflix stuff. Who knows? We might. I'm not going to go too crazy. We won't and promise do too much. Netflix stuff. Come on now. We won't do that. I've been holding off watching the Netflix stuff because I'm waiting until we actually record about the Netflix stuff, and so jeez, oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Say good night, Ben. <laughs> good night. Good night, Ben. And Godspeed, everyone.